It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond to the clubhouse to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, welcome indeed to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Of course, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. And we're very excited to have Wes Johnson, Twins pitching coach, join us today on Inside Twins. And Wes, we've done a lot of different events, whether it be for fans or for kids, a lot of off-season stuff. Don't know we've ever had you on Inside Twins. So we're very excited to have you as part of the program here today. And obviously there's a ton of different ways we could go with the conversation. And I want to start at a very base level because a lot of our fans don't have a chance to really truly know you and your roots. They know you're an early adopter of technology. They know you're a great communicator. They see you go to the mound. One thing I want to expand on, though, is something that I picked up on you with some of our off-season shows, and that is you are a positive coach. You never dwell on the negative. You never allow your players to dwell on the negative. And with the team having gone through some some struggles, I know that's always been the backbone of your coaching philosophy. Where did that come from? Did you have a coach? Did you have a mentor that instilled that in you as a, as a player or as a young coach? Yeah, you know, I was I I look back on my you know career and then my playing career, and I was extremely fortunate to have you know a really good high school football coach. He talked a lot about that. Uh, you know, his thing was, is everybody in the stands knows when we fumble and the other team gets the ball, that that's not good. <laughs> if they've been to their first football game, they know that's not good. And he, his philosophy was, is that, uh, we've got to address the fumble, but it's not the fumble. It's, it's the process that led to it. You know, did, did we have a breakdown in a fundamental, um, was there uh, miscommunication, he always was trying to get to why the fumble happened instead of talking, Hey, we can't fumble the football. Um, and, and that's something that stuck with me throughout my playing career in baseball. Uh, and, and, you know, gosh, I'm a little older. So back in the day, you know, our head football coach was also our head baseball coach. Of course he was, <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we would adopt those same things. Uh, you, you know, when, when, when I was pitching and we'd give up a walk and I'd come in and, and I would be upset about it. And he would look at me and go, were you trying to walk the guy? And I was like, no, he goes, exactly. You know, we can get mad if you were trying to walk the guy for some crazy reason. I, I know you're not out there trying to walk the guy. Uh, and, and then we would talk about, you know, some mechanical stuff or our vision or, or whatever it was. And, and it just, it, it made sense to me. Um, and so I've tried to, you know, carry that on. I, I, I see it. I think, it's real easy for guys to focus on the negative, you know, a pitcher, especially you go out and you throw a hundred pitches, you know, to use an example, that was my message yesterday with Jose. I mean, you really look back at Jose's outing yesterday and there were four pitches and, and, you know, obviously four of them, we missed pretty bad and there was a bad result, but he threw 102 and, and 
you know, I kept telling him after the game, look, Jose, we're fine. Uh, we, we've got to focus because I, I thought he threw, quite frankly, a, a lot of good pitches. Uh, yeah, the four that that cost us some runs is, is what everybody saw and, and wants to think about. And it's real easy to think about those. But, you know, he didn't walk a guy yesterday. And, you, you know, so it's easy to for, for players, I think, to really get locked into the negative. And, and I, it's easy to do. I, I want to come back in and talk to them about what they did right. And let's build on that and, and eliminate. You know, I think if we build on the good, it helps eliminate what we do bad. All right, it's a great philosophy. And, and I want to put that in terms of the bullpen. I have a soft spot for bullpen guys. I think they're the heartbeat of any clubhouse. Part of it is when we have access, they're always around. Those guys are always around. They're like the offensive line of a baseball team. Uh, when things go well, the middle relief guys are never mentioned. When the, you hear their name, it was probably a 15-yard holding penalty. And we know the negative numbers this year. The home runs are up. The inherited runners are up. Uh, we know that whether it's barrels or exit velocity, whatever it is, they're giving up some hard-hit balls. But let's talk about the process of making that better. We've seen some individuals take strides in that direction, mammoth strides, in the likes of Colomay and Robles. Uh, where are you with your collective, with your bullpen guys right now? Yeah, it, you know, to your point, it's, it's a – it's a man, it's a daily process, um, you know, between Pete Mackey and myself, it's constant, you know, we're using a lot of video right now um, because when guys go through a rough stretch, uh, like, you know, going to, back to what we were just talking about, it's really easy to dwell on the negative and then it starts to spiral uh, and it can spiral out of control quick. And we're using a lot of video to show these guys how good they are. We, you know, I, I really like, um, showing them the pitches they do execute. And, and it's like I tell them, hey, I get it. Uh, we know you miss with four pitches. And, and if you're a reliever, it's, it's, that's not, you know, it's not very good. There's going to be, uh, you know, a bad result happen. And so we try to really, um, like I say, focus on what we are doing right and, and continue to do it. And, and you're starting to see, you know, you're starting to see it with some of our guys. Um, you know, I, I really like we're Tyler Duffy's moving back to, you know, being himself, a guy like, you know, we saw him in 19 and he's getting close. Taylor Rogers is throwing the ball really well right now as well. And, uh, but yeah, you can look at what Colome and Robles, I mean, right now they're the headliners on the guys who have, who have really, you know, made that jump and, and got on track. So we're excited about them. And when you talk about making that jump, I think with Alex, he's been there and been successful for so long did he ever waver in his faith in himself? Because I, it doesn't seem as if he did at all. Well, you know, the conversations I've had with Alex, um, I, I do think they're, you know, in the middle of that stretch when it was not going right. I think, you know, as, as all players do, they, they start to waver a little bit. Um, but one of the things we did is we pulled him right back in that room. Uh, he, we needed to clean up just he, he had started his delivery, got a little off. Um, which was causing the ball to elevate a little bit. We, we showed him some video of you know what he was doing in, in 19. Um, and then we started working to get back to that point in his delivery. And, and when it happened, I mean, it, with guys like him who have had a ton of success, when they're going through a little hiccup or, or something's not right, the minute it clicks, it's going to click and it's, it's going to happen fast. I mean, it's, it's like riding a bike, so to speak. And so we just had to get him back the feeling that that movement with his lower body and, and the minute he got it, I'll never forget. I mean, it was like, wow, boom. Um, there it is. 
And he he looked at me and said, I'm back. I said, well, you never <laughs> went anywhere. We just had to, we just, hey, you didn't lose it. We just had to find it, right? So, um, and since then, obviously, you see what what's happening. And he's throwing the ball extremely well. We're excited. You brought in a host of guys in the offseason to fill some voids in the bullpen. Derek Law, Sean Anderson, uh, and the list goes on. Guys, you've had a taste of the big leagues. Uh, they've also had some struggles. And you were looking to find the right balance, whether it was usage or mechanics or just it clicking for them. We've seen some ups. We've seen some downs. That carousel is going to always spin at the back end of, of the bullpen in terms of the roster going AAA to the big leagues. Are you happy, though, with where that group is in terms of finding a guy like we saw Law's performance the other day where it is starting to click and you can be uh, maybe put a little more, put them into a little more of a situation where you know what you're going to get? Yeah, we're getting close. You know, I mean, we could talk about this for a long time, Chris. I mean, uh, you you know, I always use the Tyler Duffy example in, in 2019. Everybody thinks this guy, you know, was phenomenal and he let me say he was very phenomenal for us in the back half of 19 this guy did not break spring training with our club um he was fortunate enough to be able to go to a triple a right out of spring training and start working on the things we challenged him with we actually brought tyler up i he had an outing and was just okay we sent him back down to continue to get better and then when he came back up you know he, he stuck and everything we had talked about with his breaking ball and his fastball, he, he was able to execute. I think what you're seeing now, not only with our club, but with, you know, other clubs and uh, the alternate site's good, but, you know, you're seeing the same hitters over and over and over and over and over again. And um, some of these guys have not been able to uh, experience the AAA working on our stuff, so to speak, and getting a plan where we're having to throw them into the fire a little faster than, you know, you normally would in a regular season. And um, uh, so, you know, the, the good news for Derek is, is he's learning on the fly. He's extremely intelligent. He knows what we're trying to do. And, and, and you're starting to see it come around. Uh, I thought Sean Anderson threw the ball really well, um, you know, in Chicago when we, when we needed him. And, but, he, you know, another guy who we were close but and when you ask these guys to make changes, it's 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 not as easy as, hey, just throw more sliders or just throw more fastballs. Um, you know, these guys, they know how they got to the big leagues. And now we're trying to break how they got there and say, no, 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 do this a little more. And, and there is a mental um, aspect to this that you've got to overcome with them and they've got to overcome with themselves. And so what you're seeing with Sean and Derek is very encouraging. Uh, I think they're getting close to, to really feeling comfortable with what we're asking them to do. And it helps when they're getting results too, right? I mean, yep, you you know, see Derek something. came in the other day and, and uh, two innings, four strikeouts. And, and, and you're like, okay, he, you know, he comes off, he goes, man, it's starting to feel really good. Yeah. Going so back to he, Duff, you go yeah. back to Tyler when he had to learn to recalibrate where he was aiming that fastball and he had a six strikeout game here and suddenly Oh, it does work. It's working, and there's a belief system in place. Great stuff with Wes Johnson, Twins pitching coach. We are just getting started on Inside Twins. We'll take a break. Come back with more with the Twins pitching coach next. The show is Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, and it's only on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Shows Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created, legends are made. Wes Johnson is our guest. Great to have him here on Inside Twins, talking in great detail about what's going on with the Twins bullpen as they continue to build out their depth. I want to talk a little bit about the the baseball 
itself. Lindsay Adler of The Athletic had a story this last week about the physical baseball, and some of the Yankees players uh, were, were talking about it, and they were supposed to dampen it, the league announced, so that it wouldn't fly as far. Pitchers, shockingly, Wes, have figured out how to take advantage of that, and they're looking at more carry for some, uh, sharper break for some. Have you seen that? Because as soon as I heard they were changing the ball, I had a vision of you in some sort of a wind tunnel or a simulator trying to figure out all you could about the physics of it. Well, this is our early take from from data. Um, there, there's not a ton of difference in the ball. Uh, we we did perform a study on it. Um, our, our people did, and not a ton, but we do see carry up uh, on the fastball. Carry numbers are up across the board, you know, throughout the league. So there is something going on with the ball. Um, but as far as it being, uh, uh, I forget the term that Major League Baseball used, like softer. We're we're not seeing something that's you know uh, a great difference. Um, there is a little, but it, it's it's very very minuscule. Yeah. Um, so for us, we have seen Kerry go up, but that's about it. Yeah. Let's talk about Kenta Maeda. He's going to start today, and obviously just was devastatingly efficient a year ago. Every single start, uh, he was top-notch. And throughout the spring, he was unbelievable. And then the season starts, and he's been fine, but he hasn't been dominant every five days. I know we did a segment with Mike Petriello. He talked about the height of the slider coming in. It was higher than it had been uh, a year before. I know you know all of this stuff, but what do you see with Kenta? Is it just a matter of consistency? The stuff is still there, but it's just a matter of consistency? Yeah, the stuff's still there. You know, um, one of the things that uh, that that is really uh, can determine, uh, you know, how a pitcher performs is the weather. And in Kent's career, he's never thrown in a lot of cold weather. Uh, you know, the challenge with cold weather isn't do we think you're, you know, where you're going to get hurt or for us. That's not, I mean, we've got, but there's a feel to the hand. The hand's cold. Um, the air's typically a little drier. And so guys struggle to feel the ball and, you know, if they, if they haven't pitched in it a lot. And, you know, so one of the things you look at in, in, in Kenta's career is, is uh, I think he's before this season, he had only worn sleeves one time in his career um, just to, you know, throw some stuff out there like that. So, you know, we're, we're really, we had to um, work on some different, different grips, uh, the depth of the ball in his hand, and um, quite frankly, he wasn't comfortable with it till last week. Uh, and it will, because, you know, it goes back to some of the stuff we're talking about, like on usage earlier. You know, you, you think, oh, yeah, just put the ball a little deeper in your hand and you'll be fine or move the ball out in your fingers and you'll be fine. These guys, they're so used to their where they feel the baseball and, and what it can do. And um, that it's not just it just doesn't happen overnight. And what we've had to do with Kenta is, is do some things uh, outside the box that he, he typically doesn't do. Uh, you know, you, you go back and look at his start against the White Sox um, whenever that was last week, and I had to make a mountain visit in a second because he was trying to throw a slider and it wasn't sliding. <laughs> and he's, he kinda, he's kind of cutting his eyes at me in the dugout like, well, what do I do? So I, run, I said, hey, we got to throw more curveballs because he could spin the curveball. The curveball was the one pitch he could spin. And and, you know, so here's a guy who relies on his slider. Now I'm going out there telling him we need to throw a few more curveballs because we knew we could at least get some depth on that. And as the game went on in that third, fourth, fifth inning, you started to see 
a few more curveballs. He got a little more comfortable with where he was putting the ball in his hand for the slider, and the slider started showing back up. And, and I thought he threw the ball extremely well. But those are the kind of things that you're, you know, we're dealing with with Kenta right now. Is you know, he obviously came from Japan in his career, and then uh, pitching in LA, they just they've never really experienced cold weather. And um, I mean, cold like like what what we've been playing in. And uh, so, yeah, it it's funny how small little things like that can affect a guy's routine and how he's holding the ball. He mentioned it after that start, and we certainly saw the curveballs during the game. And he said post game, I hope it's warmer next time. Well, today's next time. And it's a little chilly. So now do you have to play the mental coach a little bit, too? And when he comes in today, be like, hey, I know it's chilly, but you've got this. You've done this. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we've we've been talking about it uh, the whole week. You know, I think I think now uh, he at least has a plan um, of, of how to attack it if, he, if he's struggling to feel again and um, uh, and if the ball, you know, whatever. So, yeah, we, we've got a plan. Uh, we, we worked on it in his pen this week. I mean, I feel really good about where Kenta is today and, you know, how he's going to throw the ball. Outstanding. He'll get the ball today for Wes Johnson, Rocco Baldelli, and the Twins as they try to take a series from the A's. We'll come back and wrap things up with the Twins pitching coach on Inside Twins next on your home for Twins baseball. It's our final segment here on Inside Twins. Chris Atterbury joined by Wes Johnson, Twins pitching coach, Twins taking on the athletics today. It'll be Kent Maeda versus Chris Bassett. Chance to win a series after a big pick-me-up win last night for the Minnesota Twins. And Wes, we've covered a lot of ground uh, here today already, and we haven't talked about just the emotion of the clubhouse after yesterday's game. And I think it's worth talking about because there are moments over the course of a long baseball season that every team needs. And I felt like whether it was going to be a big hit, whether it was going to be a diving catch, whether it was going to be a big strikeout, um, that the little things that built up to that moment yesterday, it wasn't just Miguel. I felt like it was like the whole team could take, the whole organization could take a big deep breath. Is that fair? Oh, that's that's really fair. I mean, we, yeah, you know, there's been some games we haven't played well. We all know that. But then there's been some games, man, where everything has gone against us. Uh, every break has gone the other way. I mean, I could uh, we could spend a whole segment or a whole show on just that. And, and you know, here we, we look at it yesterday. I mean, Jorge Polanco late in the game hits a ball down the line and crushes it, and it's about three inches, four inches foul. You know, that would have flipped the game. And and then Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman. Makes, a, yeah, <laughs> makes a catch over the tarp. Uh, I mean, it's it, it feels like we've had, and so we're like, here we go again. And then you know, it was it was pretty cool when you know Miguel's ball hits the the limestone and then bounces out, and we're like, yes. Uh, but no, I man, you want to talk about a really happy locker room after that game last night or yesterday? Uh, that, that that would be an understatement to say. I mean, there was a lot of excitement, and yes, you know, because our, our guys. Our guys are, are getting up every day and coming in here and they are working their can off and, and, and trying to get, you know, a little bit better each day and, uh, and, and fighting. And yeah. So when you get a win like that, it's huge. Yeah. And again, before that, the one, two, three from Colome after that, as strong an outing from Hansel Robles, as we've seen, it was a collective team thing that built to that one big swing 
from Miguel Snow. We got about two minutes left, Wes. I know you try to stay healthy, keep your mind healthy. You ride the bike a lot. You're a Peloton guy. I, I also know that you've warned me to avoid Latoy Hawkins on the Peloton because he will, I believe your word was, get you. But I've also heard from a source that Tommy Watkins may have injured himself trying to ride on the Peloton. Can oh, you give okay. any insight into the Tommy Watkins Peloton debacle? Well, you know, he, here's Tommy Watkins. Tommy's going to... He's there's going to be when Tommy gets his mindset on something, it's all gas and no brakes. <laughs> and, and so Tommy's like, Wes, I'm, I'm doing the Peloton. And I said, all right, all right, get on there. Well, he didn't look at how to get the seat height right, where the seat needed to be front to back. He just gets on there and he's pedaling. He, he does it like three. I said, Tommy, you better make sure the bike's set up right for you. You're going to hurt yourself. No, no, I've got it, man. This thing's awesome. This thing's awesome. Three days later, he's down. Backs <laughs> out. And if you guys, I, you know, hey, we don't have a coach's injury report, but in spring training, Tommy Watkins missed four ball games because his back was jacked up and he was like in traction. Hip, back. I shouldn't laugh, but I have to. No, you should laugh because <laughs> it's like I said, Tommy, you can't always go all gas and no brakes with everything you do. But yeah, no, but now we've got him. We've got his bike set up. He got his back and hip better. And he's a big fan. Matter of fact, he we have one at the stadium and then he he bought his first one and, and he's got it at his place. And um, but big fan, yeah, and and he's getting on there. I'm happy for him because he's now he's he's doing it a little more in moderation instead of just, I'm going to go as fast, as hard as I can for as long as I can. I'm crying. I'm crying over the visual. We're going to have to put one of those bikes in the first base coach's box for Tommy uh, at some point this year. Wes, awesome stuff as always. Uh, It's great to chat with you. Uh, Best of luck today to get Kent out there, get the temperature up and get the, uh, uh, the game in the wind column and put a series in the wind column as well. Appreciate your time as always. All right. Thanks, Chris. That's Wes Johnson, Twins pitching coach. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Pre-game lineup card next on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazon's of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.